Listening to the coffee hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday. It is Mental Health Monday. We're going to talk emotions and the gospel in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for your support of the coffee hour on KFUO. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. It is time for Mental Health Monday. We are digging into emotions and the gospel by Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. Today, we're taking a look at regulation. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. Regulation. I feel like things need to be under control today. So <laughs> keep things. I feel like we're going to talk about that. I think so. <laughs> what is, okay, what is regulation? Since that's the, the title of this chapter. And then we'll have a bajillion questions after that about what, it, like, how we use it or do we and do Right, not. right. Yeah. What do we do with it? So regulation is that idea that we have you know, an internal, why are words hard today? (laughs) That we have this internal system, if you will, or multiple systems that come together so that we can process our emotions and present them to the world, if you will, that we can move through our life without the emotions being in charge of or determining everything we do. I think regulation is interesting to me because honestly, while What I just said is the basic idea of regulation. I think when we talk about regulation, oftentimes we mean different things. Like I think some people literally mean getting it together. (laughs) Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. they're really focused on that presentation of emotion to the external world, especially I noticed in education because it is, it is hard to teach children. It's hard for people to learn when they are overwhelmed emotionally or very concerned about emotional regulation. How do we help kids regulate so they can learn is a big question in our culture presently. That's not a bad question, but sometimes that can move us down a path where we're overly concerned with that idea of whether the emotions are allowed on the outside or not allowed on the outside. Mm-hmm. I feel like dysregulation too is also mm-hmm. a bit of a buzzword in that in the, in the health community, like men, where mental health kind of crosses with mm-hmm. physical health. There's a there's a lot to talk about mm-hmm. when things are dysregulated and what you do about it. Mm-hmm. So that kind of that piece kind of fits in with this too. Yeah, and I think you no, know, wherever you're at, people can mean it from a very non-shaming lens. So that you have language to say, you know, I'm dysregulated or something's off or be able to navigate that better. But people can also mean it from a lens that is unfortunately shaming and says, you know, that you need to deal with this better, that your emotions don't have a space here and that that is so individualized that I don't really want to be a part of that. You know, that is one message that we send sometimes when we talk about regulation and dysregulation is that it's an individual individual experience. And that's so much of the book is talks about co-regulation as well as individual regulation and living within those two things. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's talk about the difference between the stuff that we, that we recognize and then the stuff that's all below the surface. I think Mm -hmm. you you talk about this as like an iceberg. Mm -hmm. What is that? What is the difference between those things that we, we can notice and experience and, and, Put and point out and be like, I feel that, and the stuff that mm-hmm. we don't even know is happening. <laughs> no, exactly. 
I think in so many ways, we take this for granted in our bodies. The fact that so much is going on that is involuntary. You know, we've used the example before of the breath in our lungs. I'm not thinking about every breath I take. In fact, I'm mostly taking that for granted. Emotions are very similar. We're experiencing them at all times, but that doesn't mean we're aware of them or attuned to them, nor does it mean we can even be at all times or even in a single moment, read all of our own emotions because a lot of it is connected to our sensory experience. We're taking in information and feedback from the outside world and we're processing it internally in order to understand our world and move forward in it. Emotions are part of that process. To, to believe that I can always map that out <laughs> on any end well is fooling myself. I don't think we're made to do that. I think we're made for many things to act involuntarily. And then there's a space for awareness, and that is really important. And then verbalization, all that good stuff that comes after it. But knowing that there's a lot of things going on in our bodies, in our hearts, our minds, and our spirit under the surface is what that emotion iceberg is about. And so this gets even more complicated, even more complicated, because I'm not even just talking about emotions in the present moment, like right now. Like, do I feel anxious? Do I, you know, I'm a little hungry. So do I, am I getting irritable? Do I look forward to the work I have to do this afternoon? Am I frustrated about the article I was trying to write this morning? You know, I have a lot of things going on beyond those that I can't even identify, but also we're made up of our past, <laughs> our present and our future too. And so my experiences in the past highly impact how I'm responding in the present, particularly if something is emotionally instigating or emotionally elevated. A lot of times that's especially where we can see more clearly the impact of our past on our present when we want to get honest about it. Hmm. <laughs> My favorite moments of coffee are when Andy is like, there's a lot of processing going on. See, you can't see my face, so <laughs> you don't know what my facial that's expression is. True, that's true. I do. Let us Paradise. turn the listener. What do you mean by that? <laughs> Does it go up? Sorry, hmm? yeah. no, I derailed us. Emotional <laughs> regulation. You liken it to nutritional regulation, another process in our bodies. So if we're thinking about emotional regulation as something happening in our bodies, how is it like nutritional regulation? Well, that we, we again, take things in from the outside, but then our body processes those things to give us what we need and to get rid of what we don't need. <clears throat> and I think that's actually really cool to think about for emotions. And I didn't have a lot of space to go in depth <laughs> in this in the book. So I think it's really cool that here we can take a little extra room for that. But there are parts of our emotions that I don't, I don't have to ask to stick around. <laughs> I can be like, well, that's good information and let it go, right? This is actually a therapeutic skill we work in with all the time in therapy. In dialectical behavior therapy, we call it leaf on a river, where you just kind of watch the emotion go by and you're like, well, that was very helpful and had its place, or that wasn't so helpful, but it had its place. And you just let it go instead of trying influence or control it. Um, that is a word we 
use in emotion regulation research, especially we call it modulate when you exert influence over your emotion. And honestly, that's the heart of, I think, 75% of what we're talking about when we talk about regulation in our culture today, not necessarily what I think of when I think of emotional regulation, but culturally, we're talking about modulating or influencing our emotions, doing what we want with them, mastering or controlling them. And I think we can be served well with spiritual insight here that there are things we can control and things we can't in almost any given situation. That is also true with our emotions. There are things we can control and things we can't. So again, the nutrition metaphor serves us really well that I, you know, I have sadness and that is sometimes from an experience, sometimes from some things from the past, sometimes from what I can control and what I can't control, but sorting out in that experience of the emotion of sadness, what I can control about those things and what I can't is a very helpful thing for me to be able to process it. And honestly, to use that term regulate, if we do want to see people being able to navigate, which I think is a better word, their emotions in the moment, then like letting them have some room to do that is really, really important. And knowing that they can't control all of it, like you cannot master yourself. That's actually God's place. Mm-hmm. So what does it actually look like when we try to control our emotions and we get into the state of, of overregulation? What is, how does that manifest in our lives? Cause I'm, I am, Pretty sure that all of us have been there at some point. Maybe we're there right now. I don't know oh. what you're talking about. <laughs> no understanding of that. <laughs> what does that actually, how does that actually play out in your life? How is that an, an unhealthy thing? Well, I think it's important to note that um, dysregulation, that term used, which is really good, also includes overregulation. But there is a sense of balance to be had with our emotions and that's really hard to get to, right? Like that is really challenging. Oftentimes instead, we we live in a world that is hard. And so I think we'll be overwhelmed more often than we would like. The the ironic secret to that overwhelmed is not to then compensate by overregulating, which is what you're talking about, because both are over. They're both dysregulated and trying to control and tamp down. We instead want to find some middle ground, some living in the tension of this is my emotion. I'm having this emotion, but this emotion isn't everything about what is in this moment or what I have available to me. So you mentioned overregulating in particular, and that is especially intimately connected with that idea. I feel like in our culture, in Western culture, American culture, of tamping down the emotion, like stuffing it as far down as you can (laughs) get it. You know, I like to think of this as ankle depth junk, right? Where we like, if I can get it all the way down to my ankles, the problem is it eventually becomes knee junk and then hip junk (laughs) and overflowing out of me and my mouth junk because I have tried to regulate myself so much into a place where I'm not expressing any of it. I'm not contemplating any of it. I'm not processing any of it. I'm just storing it. And storing is similar to Genesis 3 when Adam and Eve hid from God, hid from themselves, honestly, rather than dealing with the situation at hand. 
And that, my friends, is what we call baggage. So, <laughs> Andy, you are on point today. <laughs> Am I not? All right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pause there since I interjected that point of uh, just brilliance right there. We're gonna take a little break. We'll continue our conversation on emotions and the gospel and regulation today. Oh, I need to. Maybe we should just regulate. Maybe in the next <laughs> Bring it together. Here we go. Uh, We'll continue the conversation in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Amy Bates. I'm Sarah Gilseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm very regulated. Don't worry. We're good. <laughs> Talking about emotions and the gospel today. A great book from Deaconess Heidi Gaiman at Concordia Publishing House. The topic today, regulation. And the way we understand this word regulation can I, I probably can vary. We talk about it like in general mm-hmm. terms in our culture. Mm-hmm. The, the other term you used was modulate or modulation. Is What do you see as the difference between control or regulation mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. modulation? Well, I mean... One allows us to hold those things together of what we can control and what we can't control to allow our emotions. And, you know, there's some belief schema around this too. Like to some degree, it's healthy or it leads toward health when we have a belief that God is the creator of our emotions and that it is a good gift from him. Because otherwise, why in the world would I want them present (laughs) in the room? You know, I am going to overregulate myself to death if I think that they're not good and that they're always liars, which I do think we have some of that language at time. And so, yes, instead to be able to hold what we can control and what we can't control within our emotion helps us lead to that place of balance in the middle where we hold the tension. It's a super imperfect art, right? And we're always learning and growing in it. Um, And that's a good thing, right? We're learning how to be people at all times and bringing ourselves before God and asking him to lead us in that. And that's one reason why in the book, over and over again, I try to return the reader to working through and sorting through emotions with God because we don't want to throw them onto other people, right? That's another thing that happens with overregulation is that we eventually spew them out and we don't want to be those people. <laughs> you know, we don't want to flood the people, we call it, with our emotion because we haven't ourselves processed them. So that's where I want to turn the listener to utilizing that term of processing emotions, which is really what we mean overall when we talk about regulation. It's just unfortunate that, like I said, there's different branches of regulation that I think mean different things in our culture. Processing instead is giving our emotions a little bit of space in our lives, but not leading the charge of our lives. Mm -hmm. 
what does that look like then when we're when we're in a healthier place with this relationship and and not not creating ankle baggage also not avoiding the state of, of dysregulation what is that what how do, what does that healthy relationship look like when we're able to to use the the modulation and, and investigate and process our emotions in a healthy way mm-hmm. well the next section that we're going to go through has ideas like practical ideas for actually processing and ones we see even in scripture as that narrative of humanity and God coming to us in his incarnation, death, and resurrection. And so we are gifted with the language of grace. And I would say our grace-based theology serves us very well here. And to live in the law and gospel, that there does need to be some boundaries for our emotions. But we are not ruled by the law. We are children of the gospel, that we live in actual freedom of our emotions with the gift of discernment and insight and boundaries that the law gives us. Does that make sense? The difference between like the law coming first, me needing to regulate to get to the gospel of God receiving my emotions versus living in the freedom of God creating my emotions, giving them to me as good gifts and being ruled by that grace that he gives me in Jesus Christ. To, to then set some boundaries for myself with emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm processing it. Sorry. Processing. Yeah, yeah you I mean, just yeah, like, no, that makes a lot of that makes a lot of sense because if you come at it from a, a point of of this is a gift from God and I'm going to process them in a way that is that is healthy and and all of that versus a I feel terrible because I have these emotions, mm-hmm. then, I mean, it's way easier to shut them down in that, in that Absolutely. Case. Well, go back to that nutritional analogy. What happens when we over-regulate ourselves nutritionally, when we limit our nutrition, when we get in a space where it has no space in our lives, where food is not a gift given to us to enjoy and to, to nourish us? The same thing happens with our emotions. And we end up in a desert, right, where we are not doing well at all. Emotionally, I think we relate to that analogy where we have either not allowed ourselves emotions at all, or we've over allowed it. And that's impacted much in the way food does impact our health, physically, mentally, relationally, all of that good stuff. And now you mentioned the practical stuff. I'm ready to get to that, but what else? Next week. Next week. Next (laughs) week. So what else do we need to know today about regulation before we get to the practical stuff? Because I want to be a good student here and learn everything that I can before I get to the practice. (laughs) No. Well, one thing I talk about in this chapter that we'll return to in in the text is that idea of co-regulation. That I think that in our culture, we're so individualistic, especially in present day American culture, that we really leave regulation up to the individual when in reality, so much of that work is actually a a communal thing or a relational experience. And so while we want, especially with kids, when we think of growing kids and helping them learn, but even in our our marriages and our work relationships, that we do have a responsibility to have some awareness of our emotion and to to quote unquote regulate or allow for processing, if you will, of our emotions and ourselves to be in a more healthy space, we also can do that together. Co-regulation is an amazing gift of God that says, I can 
can read some of your emotions and that our brains and our bodies are built in order to help each other return back to that kind of balanced place. And so if I am frustrated, for instance, and I come on to coffee hour and I am clearly in a space of frustration that your tone and the way you address me and what you do within that space that we share can make an impact that has that modulation or that influence over my emotion too. And so I think if we treated our emotions a little bit more as a relational experience and talked about them more relationally, then we would actually find ourselves more quote unquote regulated or what the culture means by regulated, which means like a little bit more steady in that experience of emotion. (laughs) So how do we do that with each other? I mean, and we talk about a vocation a lot and we all have these these different places in life where we interact with different people. How do we practice that co-regulation in these different these different spheres of our of our lives where we're interacting with people who who may those relationships are going to be on different levels? How do we yeah. practice this in in real life? Yeah, you mentioned that before which was really good is that there we need to be aware of like vulnerability levels here. Like you don't to share your emotions with everyone. I think, but there is that reality that we are to some degree sharing our some of our emotions with different people in different ways. And so a word that serves us well here is investigation rather than regulation, that we are investigating and navigating. In therapy, we talk a lot about curious posture. So having a posture of curiosity toward ourselves and toward others. So asking questions. Um, we, we're going to talk about next time contemplation or just being with our emotions for a second and, and wondering about them and thinking about what we are experiencing and feeling in our body and bringing that before God too. And so we can investigate with other people then too. So We talked about unified facial response last time. So this idea that I could read what you're feeling based on your facial muscles and expression. So we encourage the listener to ask questions. And so same thing. I want to be curious when I'm in your presence as to what you're feeling. First of all, we can just ask that more often. We, you know, we can ask what people want to do. We can ask what people think, but we can also ask what they feel. And that will give us good information. Those are all three different spheres of information and feedback that we can give and take from each other. I think especially when I see heightened emotion, I really encourage people to, when appropriate, right? Because there are times we're not going to be able to do this action, but when appropriate, lean into that a little bit and just be curious. Ask if that person would like to share. Note as a the elephant in the room, if you will. I, I noticed it seems like you're a little frustrated or overwhelmed is that am i reading that correctly asking those kind of questions from a non-judgmental stance that doesn't say get it together is a really health- healthy thing for co-regulation so we're basically taking that co-regulation that's already happening to some degree underneath that iceberg and bringing it to the surface so that we can you know really blossom and thrive in that co-regulation together for relational health not just physical or mental health I think there's some there's a connection back to one of the previous chapters when we talked about being too emotional here as well. Mm. When you said get it together or like, you know, <laughs> pull it together. And I mean, isn't that usually mm-hmm. when someone says that, you know, describe someone as too emotional is when they're 
they're mm-hmm. having a day where <laughs> they might even be thinking themselves, I need to get it together. And someone else may describe them as too emotional. I just saw that mm. overlap there that I don't know. I don't know if it's significant or helpful or pointless, but <laughs> thought I'd point it out. <laughs> no, it's good. Like, I think that's a, a well-made point that we can, that's one reason why regulation is a partial truth is because we can overemphasize the need to regulate really regulation itself is just a a reality to some degree. Like we are always regulating within our systems, just like we said with nutrition, it's just part of the under iceberg of our lives. However, we can overemphasize that. And the message that I point out that get it together or your emotions are not welcome here brings or that overemphasis on regulation is you are not welcome, especially when people are young, especially when we are, we don't have that spiritual tether to God that's like really strong. It's just very easy to read that as you're not welcome. You know, please put yourself away. And that's unfortunate. That's not how God feels about us. But as humans, that is one reason, one way we read that. Emotions and the gospel. Next week, we get into some of the practical things now. Is that right? Mm, that is true. Yes. We're going to go through different processes, ways we process emotion, both naturally as humans, what we see in scripture, and also ways that we can lean into processing emotions for some practical help with doing that work of navigating and investigating and modulating, influencing our emotions too. Emotions and the Gospel. Deaconess Heidi Gaiman for Mental Health Monday here on The Coffee Hour. Thanks so much, Heidi. Hey, thanks for having me. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.